Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Israeli gymnastics has truly found its place in the world arena. I'm a, per- a follower of Linoy Ashram, who became the first Israeli woman to uh, win an Olympic gold medal with her rhythmic gymnastic victory at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. She was an assistant trainer to the Israel team that competed this year at the World Championships. And to tell me what happens next, dum 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 dum, I'm joined <laughs> by our publicist and expert Bronwyn Hershevitz. Bronwyn, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Cherise. Happy first day of spring, although it's a bit chilly. Hey, but yeah. we, we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. I have a confession. Tell me. Out of all the sports in the whole world, rhythmic gymnastics is the one I enjoy the most. Well, it makes sense. It's a form of dance. It's it's theatrical. It's theater. So it really, I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I actually, I enjoy most sports. I I love the energy and the vibe and what it means and um, how it brings people together and the excitement it creates and the entertainment value of it. So. Um, but yeah, I think gymnastics would also be number one on my list. So Yay. <laughs> Yay. So what happened next? How, how exciting. Uh, Israel wins uh, its first ever gold medal at the Rhythmic Gymnastics World Championship. Um, this took place in Spain, in Valencia over the weekend. Um, and this was a step up from last year where they won a silver medal and it just solidified them, um, in the world of gymnastics. Um, so uh, just a few little fun, little interesting facts. Israel's team topped China and Spain to take the gold. On Sunday, they won gold in the combined exercise, beating out China and Ukraine. And they also finished fifth in the hoop final. Linoy Ashram, who became the first Israeli woman to win an Olympic gold medal with her rhythmic gymnastics victory at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021, served as an assistant trainer to the team. She actually retired uh, at the age of 22, which seems so young, but I, 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 you know, it's, it's a, a very demanding sports. Um, and they started like 12, these girls, and it's quite incredible. In fact, now American gymnast Simone, uh, is it Bales is actually considered the oldest gymnast to win gold medals so and she's she's i think in her early 30s and it's not old if you think about it but for for that world it is because your body just takes such a beating in these sports and i imagine there's also quite a lot of emotional strain i mean i watched live um during the in, in in tokyo and I was yeah. so stressed for her and it's the, the competition is so tough. I mean, this is the best of the best and it's like yeah. a few points that, and I remember even there was a controversy because she's Israeli, blah, blah, blah. So I imagine the emotional turmoil that goes on is also quite great. I think 22 is a brilliant age to retire from the sport, especially having just won a medal. 100%. And yes, like you said, you know, the, the controversy surrounding Israel, I think Israel's showing that, you know, I think Jews are showing that we're actually kind of good at sports, you know, <laughs> despite the stereotypes and also just, um, really cementing the states in the world of sports. I think it's quite important, you know, saying let's put aside our differences and whatever prejudices you have and let's just compete and have fun. And I also want to tell you another little, uh, 
beautiful moment here in their routine. So um, in their three-minute ribbons and balls routine set, they uh, did it to the track mixed with the chorus of Diva by Israeli singer Dana International. Now, she won the 1998 Eurovision Song Contest, which is also beautiful. And then they also featured a three-minute hoop routine with music from Israeli actress Gal Gadot's 2017 film Wonder Woman. So it's just, you know, just so significant and personal. And, and, you know, I think music in these routines um, really plays an important part of the routine. Um, And I think that really counts towards also the success of the uh, routine. So beautiful little moments. Yeah, absolutely. And then... Um, I think we have to talk about Adam Sandler's movie. Uh, I think everybody is talking about it. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently it is amazing. Yeah, so, well, Adam Sandler's breaking the Rotten Tomato records for this this new Netflix movie. I also haven't seen it yet. So um, he has $350 million, a $350 million deal with the streaming service, Netflix, um, for the movie, you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. Um, it stars his wife and his two daughters, which is so special. And, and in fact, apparently Adam doesn't feature that much. It's really centered around the girls, you know, the bat mitzvah girls. Um, it's a toppled sports drama hustle to become his best reviewed film, according to Rotten Tomatoes. So. You know, he's got such a distinct humor. Not everybody likes him. So he has received a lot of bad reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. So for this to happen um, is quite a, a thing for him. Um, other, you know, films that have streamed obviously on Netflix by Adam, it's The Ridiculous Six, which is, is quite ridiculous. <laughs> the Sandy Wexler movie and then Murder Mystery, which I love, which is with Jennifer, um, oh, what is, oh, what is her name? Uh, from Friends. Jennifer Aniston. Aniston. There you go. Um, and, um, you know, like, like I said, it stars his, uh, wife, Jackie, and his two daughters, Sadie, who's 17, and Sonny, who's 14, and his, uh, on-screen wife is Adina Menzel, uh, who also starred with him in Uncut Gems. So she is an Adam Sandler uh, favorite and a brilliant singer and, and performer. And yeah, I, I think it's so funny. And I think it really relates to uh, what's happening now. I mean, I don't know the, the, the bat mitzvah scene, but I think there's a pressure to have these huge bat mitzvah movies, um, sorry, parties, especially in America. It's become like a wedding almost. So I think people are relating to it, you know? I think, and also, you know, it's the fact that it's so personal. Um, yeah. helps you to relate because, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but people, I, I imagine though, for the community, there are a lot of cringe-worthy moments when you go, oh no, don't, 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 don't do that in public. No. <laughs> but I think it's important because I think it humanizes, once again, just who Jewish people are. I think uh, it, it shows that, okay, we kind of like you all, you know, we're, we're human. Um, and yeah, I mean, there are the cringe worthy moments, I think, but people love those. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the Oi Bay moments. Chaim, <laughs> yeah. um, headlines at all points east in London. Yeah, so Chaim um, is uh, our favorite uh, all-female rock group uh, based in L.A., uh, comprising three sisters, Esti, Danielle, and Alana. 
And uh, they were all born and raised in California to Jewish parents. Um, their father is Israeli-born Mordechai Moti Chaim. And uh, they uh, actually um, performed at um, the Rock and Roll, well, the London's Victory Park for the All Points East Festival. And it's such a big moment because they actually headlined. And apparently they were phenomenal. Now, people like Taylor Swift have played at these festivals and, and these rock concerts. And in fact, Hayim have actually um, supported uh, Taylor Swift on an Eras tour in the U.S. now, which is the highest grossing tour um, to date. And uh, they're just really incredible. They've won a Brit Award. They've been nominated for four Grammys. And I just love that they're rocking, once again, the Jewish vibes. And this is a huge coup for them because, in fact, their first gig ever, they played at a Jewish deli in Hollywood and were paid in matzo ball soup. So now, there's a currency. There's a currency. There's a currency. So for them to actually be paid in money and actually perform in front of a huge audience is a huge step up from that moment of uh, being paid in matzo ball soup. So uh, well done to them. And they're actually on my bucket list. I really want to watch them live. I I really um, think they're phenomenal. Uh, We have a few minutes to talk about what is happening locally, Bronwyn. Locally. We're going to rush through it. So at the Peter Turin Theatre, we've got Mr. Conrad Koch and Chester Missing in a show called Baggage. He is an internationally acclaimed ventriloquist. Very political, but very funny. And that's from the 13th to the 17th of September. Peter Dirk Ace is also at the Peter Turin Theatre until the 10th of September. I mean, that's just South African history right there. At Theatre on the Square until this uh, weekend, we've got Mike van Franz, my fellow South Africans. I saw it. I think you as well. It's brilliant theatre. Political satire. And if you're South African, you're going to love it. It closes this Saturday evening. And then uh, coming up, and I'm excited for this, from the 5th to the 9th of September, The Marvelous Wonderettes. So uh, this is really just uh, a glitzy world of the 50s and 60s music. Um, there are about four ladies just uh, singing your favorite classics like Lollipop, Stupid Cupid, Respect, etc. It looks like so much fun. Uh, the pictures look amazing. The dresses, it's just really bubblegum feel-good um, music, so I would recommend you uh, go to those. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of nostalgia there, I think, uh, yeah. Bronwyn. 100%. Uh, just, uh, b- before you go, and in our last minute, I do want to talk about Peter Dukes. Yes. Um, I saw a show of his, I think like a couple of months ago, at the Teatro in Monte Cassino. Is this yes. the same show? Is this the one where he talks about his his life and his history? So, okay, so the, the show is called Sell by Date. Um, look, it's a brand new show and he's got a brand new look and everyone's loving the brand new look. It's like a really short cut hairstyle, very modern. Um, so look, it's, it's definitely about his history, um, and, and his stories and storytelling. I mean, that's, that's what he's about and he shares his experiences, his life experiences, but it's really to answer uh, the question, um, which people ask him, when will you retire? So, you know, the sell-by date, well, he's saying, I don't have a sell-by date, basically. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really tell you exactly what's, um, what, what it's about content-wise. 
but yeah, he's, um, he's, you know, bringing his usual anecdotal stories. Um, obviously talking about the state of disaster. It is political satire as well. Um, because that's, you know, that's what Peter Duke, a slash of Vita Bazade and Hote is about. Um, but, but it is apparently a brand new show. So, um, yeah, even if it draws on the past, I have to tell you, Bronwyn, it was one of the best shows I've seen this year. It was, it was personal. He describes his upbringing. He talks about his Jewish connection. It was so beautiful. It was an hour and a half of sheer professional acting from the best you can get. Yeah. Well, he is. He's brilliant. I mean, he, he was the first, um, drag artist basically in South Africa who, um, people accepted because he was so smart. He is so smart and he, he just comments in a non-threatening way about the state of this country and then his personal journey, you know, yeah. um, so yeah. it, it's like history right there. So if you want a history lesson, I mean, that's exactly mm. where, where you should. <laughs> and on that note, Bronwyn, thank you so much for joining me. i see you thank again you. in two weeks' time. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you.